Bounty hunters have the toughest job in the galaxy. They pursue the most dangerous criminals and killers after others have already failed to do so, and when no one else dares to. I think we all agree that bounty hunting is a complicated profession. That was a terrible impersonation. Anyway, we're here today to talk about what it takes to become a bounty hunter, their code, and the deadly trials. You are listening to Han Talks First. Welcome back, Star Wars freaks. I hope you're having a great day. Some of the topics in today's episode are from suggestions made by you, the listeners. So feel free to drop a comment below on what interesting Star Wars topics you would like to hear about next. Now, before we get into exactly what bounty hunters are, we have to address some common misconceptions about them. So first of all, bounty hunters are not considered murderers because murderers kill unlawfully bounty hunters are also not considered to be assassins a lot of people get this mixed up too because assassins typically target specific individuals for political or religious reasons and they do not necessarily profit from the killing either and of course finally bounty hunters are not considered to be mercenaries Mercenaries are freelance soldiers hired to serve in foreign armies, and bounty hunters have a little regard for anyone whose allegiance is for sale. So with all of that out of the way, we can talk more about bounty hunters and who they actually are, but let's start off with the Bounty Hunters Guild. So, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, before the founding of the Galactic Republic, Countless bounty hunters have prowled the galaxy tracking acquisitions. And although many of those hunters operated alone, many of them also formed alliances. Now, there's been various incarnations of the Bounty Hunters Guild over the past 25,000 years. Uh, Some would say even 30,000 years. But the earliest records date to shortly after the formation of the Galactic Republic with a guild in the Kashyyyk system. And it was essentially, this guild was more of a social club for a bunch of Trandoshan hunters, but they took great pride in the fact that they were one of the first variations of what would become the Bounty Hunters Guild. Fun fact, the guild actually occasionally worked alongside Jedi, especially during the Great Hyperspace War. But then soon after, when they had their Jedi Civil War, the guild, coincidentally, was also splintered into different mercenary factions. So what are some of the requirements for joining the Bounty Hunters Guild. Well, number one, each candidate for membership in the Bounty Hunters Guild must be sponsored by at least one existing member of the guild. So let's put into example, if Din Djarin wanted to join the guild, he would have to at least have one sponsor. Let's say in this situation, it was Grief Karga, and he's the one who sponsored him to come into the guild. Therefore, he already has one of the qualifications down. The second qualification is that each candidate for membership in the Bounty Hunters Guild must pay an evaluation fee of 750 credits. Now, to just put that into perspective, for some of you who might not know what 750 credits is equivalent to, in U.S. dollars, it's just about 750 credits. There's really a decimal of 0.44 difference between the two, a 
galactic credit would actually be more worthy than an American dollar, for example. But in this situation, they're about equivalent. So the third requirement is that each candidate for membership in the Bounty Hunters Guild must have a minimum of five confirmed captures with bounty payouts totaling at least 20,000 credits. And the final requirement is that each candidate for membership must survive the initiation test. Greedo once said that the initiation was extremely difficult, and many others have agreed with him. So let's talk about the initiation test. Now, the Bounty Hunters Guild initiation test is otherwise known as the Bounty Hunter Trials, and it is some of the most intense challenges you can ever face in this galaxy. I believe that this initiation trial test thing would actually make for a really great Star Wars movie or TV show. So what is it exactly? Well, the modern-day initiation test was created during the Clone Wars by a psychotic inventor named Morello Aval. And Morello created this giant floating cubic arena, which was known as the Box. Now, the Box is a challenge simulator made with different shifting panels on the inside. And they all interact with the people who are inside them. And behind those panels is pain in one form or another. That may sound cheesy, but I'll explain what that is in a second. The best way to describe this box is to describe it like they use the production studio in the Mandalorian television series. If you remember, they shot the Mandalorian on what was called the volume. It's this huge stagecraft technology that is essentially a virtual environment that can change with the different settings. So that's essentially what the box is. It's kind of a nice, cool parallel there. So the interesting thing about the box is it's never the same challenge. The box is programmed with many different environments and different tests. Some examples of this include dioxys gas, incendiary propellant, and industrial cutting lasers. But not only do the people inside have to survive the obstacle courses, but them and six other guild applicants are thrown in at the same time to fight to the death. And the last man standing gets to join the guild. This just goes to show you how tough Bounty Hunter Guild members are. I mean, only one in six people that apply will survive and make it into the guild. While the others, well, you know, eat chuta. (laughs) Now, I know what you're thinking. Why on earth would anyone want to go through that type of initiation just to be a part of some stupid guild? Well, the good thing is that not all bounty hunters have to be a member of the guild. Yet another misconception about bounty hunting. In fact, most people prefer to be on their own. I mean, for one, they get to escape that horrific, intense initiation test. And two, they get to work for anyone they want across the whole entire galaxy. A quick side note, if you're wondering why anyone would want to go through the initiation test in the first place, it's because once you get to be a part of the guild, that gives you access to a lot of perks like weapons, ships, and also a really good retirement plan. I'm not kidding. So, regardless of whether a bounty hunter is a member of the guild or independent, they still all know what is called the creed. However, only the loyal ones actually follow it. 
Now, to call back some of the misconceptions we talked about earlier about bounty hunters, the Creed's six tenets are what separate bounty hunters from bodyguards, mercenaries, and thugs. It draws authority not from outside institutions of law, but from us, the people backing it. So let's talk about the tenets. The first tenet is people don't have bounties. Only acquisitions have bounties. Now, you can think of that like this. When a person gets a price on their head, he's no longer a person. He is an acquisition. He is simply hard merchandise for a bounty hunter to go out and snatch. The second tenet is capture by design, killed by necessity. You know, wanting, wanted posters will often say dead or alive, and sometimes they just say dead. So in that situation, you can kill when the job gives you that flexibility. But if you kill outside of those parameters, you're technically just an assassin and no longer a bounty hunter. The third tenet states, no hunter shall slay another hunter. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, so I'm not going to explain. The fourth tenet is, no hunter shall ever interfere with another's hunt. Again, really self-explanatory, just a matter of respect among the other guild members. Tenant number five is, in the hunt, one captures or kills, but never both. Now, like we said earlier, hunters are not considered murderers. If a bounty is wanted alive, then they must deliver it alive. That is what the fifth tenant is all about. And finally, the sixth tenant. No hunter shall refuse aid to another hunter. Now, this one is really just about a matter of loyalty and respect, but it's also beneficial to the hunter that is assisting another bounty hunter because in return for assisting them, they are required to take anywhere from 10 to 40% of their partner's bounty, depending on how big that acquisition is. So that's another perk there. Okay, so let's talk about the most important aspect of bounty hunters, and that is the bounty. So once a bounty hunter has passed the initiation, completed its guild and valuation, and studied and abided by the creed, then they're ready to go out and start collecting bounties. So we're going to talk about the different classifications of bounties, what they're worth, and how they're paid once they're completed. Now, obviously, it goes without saying, the bigger the crimes equal bigger the payout. But let's start off by talking about one of the most popular types of bounties, and that is the most wanted, which is typically worth around 200,000 credits. Again, equivalenting it to the American dollar, about $200,000. So for the most part, considering the severity of this classification, the most wanted lists are usually marked with dead or alive. And Political dissidents are marked with locate and detain, which means you don't shoot unless you're sure that the target is going to survive a blaster bolt when you're aiming at them. Now, crimes that land people on the most wanted list include conspiracy, sedition, or treason, <laughs> Palpatine, uh, destruction or theft of property, impersonation of authority, fight to avoid prosecution, and obstruction of authority. Now, another very popular type of bounty, which is just below the most wanted, is the Galactic Bounty. Now, this one is typically worth around 50,000 to 200,000 credits, which is still a lot of money, but not nearly as much as the most wanted classification. Now, the Galactic List is 
anywhere from tens to thousands of names, uh, you know, a really huge amount of names that some have even been listed on there for decades. And they're usually really hard to, to get and apprehend. And most of the time, a guild contractor will not give out this bounty to a newer member or a lower level bounty hunter because of the amount of time and travel and investment that it takes to collect these bounties. You know, these are a high-level bounty because it requires so much investment from the buyer. Now, types of galactic bounties include people who have had crimes of aggression, bribery, transportation of restricted items, and of course, with this situation, the bigger the item is, the stronger the offense. And of course, piracy, and finally, possession of a cloaking device, which is an interesting thing that was pointed out because it makes you kind of understand why there is not so many cloaking devices used in the Star Wars world because they're, in fact, illegal. And possession of one outside of a ruling governing system will get you captured by a bounty hunter and probably killed. So moving on, we're talking about another classification of bounties called regional. Now, the regional bounties are typically around 20,000 to 75,000 credits worth. And like it says, a regional bounty is offered only within a specific galactic region. Anything from colonies, the inner rim, the expansion region, the mid rim, and the outer rim, all the way to specific haunts like the central allergy. Now, crimes that will earn somebody a spot on the regional bounty list include murder of a governor personnel, forgery, operating an unlawful starship, and or transporting of stolen goods. Now, a lot of what I just read there is reminds me a lot of Star Wars Rebels and how the Rebels are a very good example of what a regional bounty would be. They are definitely transporting a bunch of stolen goods throughout that show. And luckily, our heroes Ezra, Sabine, Hera, and Kanan didn't get the bounty called on them, or at least captured at that time. But these are just some examples of what that would include. Now, one of the last classifications I'll talk about for bounties are what is known as the Sector, System, and Planetary Bounty. These are some of the smaller ones, which are around 3,000 to 50,000 credits. Still, it can be pretty high, but typically these are on the lower side of the spectrum. And these are obviously a very local type of bounty that usually don't reward in very big payouts. But the benefit of having this type of bounty is you can get several of them over a short period of time, because typically they're pretty easy to capture. Now, the classifications under this for what gets people on the Sector System Planetary Bounty list are aiding and abetting criminal activity, murder, kidnapping, possession of illegal weapons, and also smuggling. This form of smuggling is on a lower scale, nothing too major, but these are what gets people in that category. Now, there are two other types of bounties, which are very common, but little is known about how those systems work because they are illegal. And the two other types of bounties are known, known as corporate and underworld. Now, obviously, by the names alone, you can probably tell that these are black market jobs. So these are jobs that are usually they hire a bounty hunter to come in and do things off the books and they pay them under the table so these can be anything from a really small 2000 credit job to something that's worth 500,000 credits 
you can take a look at Jabba the Hutt, for example. Him hiring Boba Fett to get Han Solo. This would be known as an underworld bounty classification. Again, very, very common, but little is known about them since the guild themselves do not follow by these two classifications. So, that is honestly all I have to talk about today, about the bounty hunters and who they actually are. I hope you guys learned a lot about bounty hunting and the guild in today's episode. You know, bounty hunters have played a huge role in the Star Wars world throughout the years, and they're often the ones doing the dirty work for whether it's like a major villain like Palpatine or Jabba the Hutt, or whether it's killing a senator or capturing a rogue smuggler. But many of them have become icons in their own right, sometimes based solely on their appearance alone, like Boba Fett, and others leaving it solely up to our imaginations. And with new series like The Mandalorian, we get to discover so much more about these hunters. And if any of you are interested in learning more, all the information that we talked about today is featured in the Bounty Hunter Code, which is a Star Wars Legends novel, and you can find it just about everywhere. I will be talking a whole lot more about this type of material going forward in the future. We have several other related themes in this topic coming up, such as the Imperial Handbook, what it takes to become an Imperial Soldier, and some of their rules and regulations. I also have one on the Sith and the Jedi, which we'll be discussing as well. And all of this stuff is very fascinating to me, and I can't wait to discuss more. If you want to know more about the Bounty Hunters specifically, let me know in the comments, and we will try and do more based on them, because there's still so much more to talk about. Anyway, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I look forward to seeing you again. Please give this video a like if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for sticking with us all this time. Please consider rating and reviewing and subscribing so you never miss an episode. And now, my friends, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the Force be with you.